Welcome to the podcast, What Do You Think, God?, where you're encouraged to build intimacy with God by asking Him questions. Hi, my name is Patty, and I'll be challenging the way you think. Sometimes we define the will of God by what actually happens. If it happens, it's the will of God. And if it doesn't happen, it's not his will. We forget that Satan is actively attempting to rob us of our relationship with God. And since horrible things are way, along with the temptation to blame God for them. The Israelites believed that the Messiah was coming, even though generations passed and nothing happened, because they saw God's promise in prophetic scripture. If they had valued what they saw with their own eyes over Scripture, they would have given up on God before Christ was born. Today we're asking the question, is healing God's will? And using Scripture as evidence to prove that healing is, always has been, and always will be God's will for mankind. In episode 8, We looked at beliefs and sayings that hinder our ability to receive from God. Here are two more beliefs that are stopping healing dead in its tracks. I've heard it said that miraculous supernatural giftings ceased after the last original apostle died. There seems to be no expectation for God to work in ordinary people in most of the areas listed in 1 Corinthians 12.28. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Well, the last apostle to die was John in 99 A.D., and the New Testament was informally acknowledged as truth at the end of the 2nd century and adopted as formal canon around 380 AD at the Council of Rome. So the scriptures that mention the existence of these gifts were accepted after death of the last apostle when the church was no longer peopled with those who had seen and touched the Lord Jesus. Since there is no definitive end to God's miraculous working within the church spoken of in the scriptures, we conclude that there are possibilities for all believers today. Let's look at the most common scripture verse used by Christians to dismiss the miraculous within their denominations. 1 Corinthians 16, 8-10 says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Those who no longer believe in the miraculous giftings define that which is perfect as the Bible. I think of Jesus when I think of that which is perfect, but this verse doesn't say when he which is perfect is come, 
So the phrase means something else. Maybe it means when the kingdom of God shows up on earth or when God provides a new heaven and earth for us. We don't know for sure, but I propose that which is perfect does not mean the Bible. My reasoning is this. First of all, these verses say that knowledge will vanish away. Can any one of us claim to know God today in all his fullness? Isn't knowledge essential to walk in the ways of our God? We have the Bible, but we know in part. The Lord Jesus, as God, is all-knowing. And 1 John 3.2 says, But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. In other words, when we are face to face with Jesus, we will be all-knowing also because we will be like him. The second reason I believe that which is perfect does not refer to the Bible is because the Bible says tongues will cease. Yet in 1 Corinthians 14.39, the Bible says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Can't you see the illogical reasoning? How can that which is perfect contradict itself? Not one thing that was begun by Jesus and practiced by the early church has ceased. There is no scriptural support for that conclusion. Just because Acts ends with Paul's sojourn in Rome doesn't mean that his story stopped or that the story of the church was completed. If I wrote a story about you and ended the narrative at your marriage, does that mean you didn't go on to raise children and grandchildren and eventually die? The story of the church is still being written. Are there no apostles today? How about teachers? Aren't teachers listed right beside apostles in 1 Corinthians 12.28? Who are we to choose what exists and doesn't exist now? Are we afraid of the supernatural because it's beyond our control? We have to know the will of God in order to have confidence that our prayers will be answered. 1 John 5.14-15 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. It's important that we pray in faith in order to receive. Is God's will knowable? Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will is that we know God's will. Well, now that we've gone off on a rabbit trail, let's refocus and examine scriptural evidence that it is God's will to heal. If we look in Genesis, God said everything he created was good. He didn't create sickness. Sickness arrived when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. At that point in their story, their bodies began to die. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, 
so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Romans 5.12 Science has told us that the body heals itself. We may interrupt this process by our poor choices, but if we learn to cooperate with our bodies, it will work to restore our health to us. In the Old Testament, God was called by many names, which defined aspects of his character. One of his names is Jehovah Rapha, which means the God who heals. It's God's will to heal because he already has. In episode 6, we discussed the great exchange and showed how the whipping of Christ was exchanged for our healing, Isaiah 53.5. His stripes were the payment for healing. Since Christ has been sacrificed once for all time, and he will never be whipped again, his sacrifice purchased everything God said it purchased. Our healing is a done deal, our heavenly reality, accessible through the gate, our Lord Jesus Christ. Whether we receive the manifestation of heavenly truth in our flesh depends on whether we go after it to take ownership of it. The healing prophecy of Isaiah 53.5 is a promise, and all of God's promises in Christ Jesus are yes, 1 Corinthians 1, 19-20. God the Father revealed his will to heal on earth through Jesus, For Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. John 5.19 And what did the Son do? Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus assured us that if we ask for anything good from God, he would not give us harmful replacements in exchange. He said in Matthew 7, 9 through 11, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you simple people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Scripture says in Romans 8, 31-32 that God is on our side and freely gives us all things. Further evidence comes from reviewing God's character. He is good and only does good. Psalm 119.68 Every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven. James 1.17 If anything comes against us, he didn't send it. If anyone fiercely attacks you, it will not be from me. Whoever attacks you will fall because of you. Isaiah 54:15. God works all things for our good. Romans 8:28. His plans are to prosper us, cause us to succeed, not to harm us. Jeremiah 29:11. God is faithful to his word 
even when we are unfaithful, because he cannot deny his own character. 2 Timothy 2.13 He watches for opportunities to perform his word in our lives. Jeremiah 1.12 He never lies. Hebrews 6.18 And will never change his mind. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Numbers twenty three nineteen. As always, we could go on and on, but we're not going to. There are three more areas I want to delve into to support the confident belief that it is God's will to heal. Prophecy, covenant, and freedom from the curse. Next time, we'll ask the question, Is the placement of healing in prophecy significant? Until next time, thanks for listening. And if you're being helped at all, please consider writing a review and spreading the news. Thank you. I want to credit and thank Audio Resute for the music clips taken from the song Nova on the album Born for Freedom. If you'd like to hear more of Audio Resute's creative works, Go to freemusicarchive.org slash music slash audio resume slash D-I-S-C-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. You spell audio resume A-U-D-I-O-R-E-Z-O-U-T. Thanks for listening.